You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. This week's edition of the Yarrabosca Users Group Radio Show for Monday the, checks notes, 19th of June 2023. We're proud to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people, the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of land from which we transmit people-powered radio. Thank you to Democracy Now! for the last hour of current affairs. My name's Chris and Yarrabosca Users Group Radio, we're a weekly half hour, 28 minute, who's counting, minute show about cycling, urban mobility, micro mobility, sometimes not so urban mobility, you know, getting out and, you know, gravel grinding or bikepacking and things like that, but basically getting around with not a combustion engine, more of a, you know, moving into more things like uh, Bosch Bosch Motors and things at the moment with uh, the current swing to e-bikes and e-cargo bikes. Now, uh, on today's show, I'm going to be catching up with Tim from Project Flock and we're chatting more about that after I do a couple of announcements. And uh, it's Radiothon and so far we are doing swimmingly well for our little radio show. We're uh, so far on our Give Now um portal, which is at givenow.com.au, we have raised $862 of the $1,300, and I believe there's more uh, donations have come into the station, so thank you to Anonymous, thank you to Alex uh, for uh, for donating, and Charlie and Salty, who have donated 100 bucks. Wow. So thank you so much to keep us uh, on air, you know, the Stay Tuned, Stay Radical, there's... 3CR, you will not find another media platform, radio station like this really anywhere in Australia and possibly even even overseas. So to call to 98, you can call 94198377. Or if you don't have time to call, you can SMS your pledge of support to 488 Yes, double five. I missed that up on the last show. Yeah, and uh, $200 allows us to podcast your favourite show so you can listen back at any time. So there's a whole bunch of ways you can listen into the, uh, 3CR. You can listen live right now, digital, over whatever thing you're using, whatever client you're using, podcast, live streaming and on demand. And also, I just haven't got it in front of me, but it's the community radio app as well. On to a bit of news and events as I move screens. Uh, yesterday saw the Accessible for All, would you say, rally or protest over on Sydney Road. And basically, the ac- access to transport is a human right, and accessible tram stops are integral to 
to that in Melbourne. Within accessible trams, that the impending closure of the upfield train line during the level crossings removal makes it impossible for many to get around. And it's also a cycling issue as well and a walking issue. We had a couple of things on the show we've touched base with that what is going on with the upfield level crossing stuff you know for one form of transport to get priority and yes okay we have to have infrastructure developments for that sort of thing it's going to greatly impede walking and cycling and also the whole thing about to do with Sydney Road as we've uh, touched on the show a couple of times which is why can't we have better infrastructure on Sydney Road if everyone's going to be forced onto it for a couple of years because of the works going on with Upfield. It just seems to be a lot of ignorance uh, happening at a certain level of state government and possibly also at Marybrook Council and people... It's, 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 this is a people-centred uh, thing to transport that seems to be really losing out and it's up to all of us to raise our voices and get your feedback in. As Mary Beck Bicycle User Group have done a phenomenal job getting that into council and their councillors to make sure that they listen, actually listen and change their some of these pre-held dis- uh, things that they've done up there, which is... I'm at a loss for words because, again, you, you see these sort of things play out. And why aren't they listening to what people want? Again, it gets back to the government and our regulatory authorities want to throughput on our streets to the detriment of the rest of us. And now, I can't help but bring up this thing by Sarah Stace, who's been a previous uh, guest on the show. She's posed this as a question, not a fact, but as a question. Was... 51.7% increase in pedestrian deaths in the last year in Victoria caused by, possibly, 300% increase in SUVs above population growth in the last two decades, drivers distracted by big screens, failure to reduce road speed since 1990, young children. So at the moment there's a uh, kind of a road blitz thing on at the moment to you know, get the end users, i.e. pedestrians and the like, to be responsible for their own safety and it's a bit hard. <sighs> I just have to pause for a moment because I just could go off on an absolute uh, you know, thing here of the absolute blame shifting in the car brain that comes into these, these lack of decision making processes which lead to adverse outcomes where someone gets frightened, injured or killed because we have failed to put the systems in place to ensure that our road environment is safe. And it's it's crept up on us. It's crept up on us in the last 70 years. We just, this enforced thing of having car-based transport. Now, I like to pivot away for that for a moment. And today is the 10th anniversary of the passing or death of Paul Mees. And why am I mentioning a public transport advocate? Well, this show's about active transport. It's about cycling. It's about mixed modes. It's about walking sometimes. And Paul Mees was one of the great voices uh, for public transport. And I remember at the launch of the Yarra Council's Trains Not Tolls campaign way back in 2013 when we were fighting against East West Link, Paul made a pre-recorded video speech to the audience there at uh, Fitzroy Town Hall. It was, I think, one of the last public engagements he did. He died a couple of days later. I think it's all up again. It's up to all of us to remember what Paul Mees 
was saying about how we move around our cities. And uh, he, he showed that good planning can achieve high patronage public transport in low-density cities that is competitive and with a car for urban travel as exemplified in his final book, Transport for Suburbia. And I'm just reading out Jago Donson's uh, tweet there. Uh, yeah, I don't think Paul had much love for cyclists, but <laughs> he's someone I had a lot of respect for. He's, and again, it's the predominance of car-based transport over the rest of us. But on to some good news that the city of Yarra, and I'll just bring this up again, I'll just mutter darkly about this uh, studio sometimes being a Faraday cage, uh, testing improvements to Yarra's cycling network. And there's some stuff going on. And uh, if you just bring that up, there's an intersection upgrade pilot for Nicholson and Victoria Street. You might be very familiar with this. I'll put this into the podcast description at yoursayyarra.com.au and there's a whole thing here about the uh, New Deal for Cycling and uh, which is part of the council plan for 2021-25 and Yarra Transport Strategy 2022-32. I like the idea that they're actually thinking a decade. Uh, so many other council plans do not. From other LGAs around Melbourne, very short focus. The New Deal for Cycling Network is a network of key routes across the city of Yarra. Each route is assessed for risk against a range of factors, including traffic volumes, speed limit, and existing road conditions. Currently, only 39% of these routes reach minimum safety compliance for cycling, and City of Yarra will be running pilots and trials to test new road layouts, additions of bike lanes and upgrades to intersections that aim to make these routes safer and compliant. These pilots and trials will use temporary infrastructure to help us assess the effectiveness of the changes before they are made permanent. So we have, uh, going into the data from the long-standing Elizabeth Street Protected Bike Lanes trial, I can remember, just to um, go off on a little thing for a moment, I think it was about 2009 that Vic Rhodes were looking at putting a trial down there. To, and we've been through a lot of very long timelines and process since. But as you know, we've uh, announced on the show and also our newsletters that recently City of Yarra announced that the Elizabeth Street protected lanes will be made permanent in line with some other things going on in the area. Quite uh, pragmatically, I'm just reading off this. Many parts of our active transport network are outside council's jurisdiction and need state government approvals or funding. Map 1 shows these projects with more detail. And you can also find out uh, more detail on page 55 of Yarra Transport Strategy 2022-32. Okay, that's a bit dry. That's enough for now. I'll put that into the podcast description. And after the break, I'm going to be chatting to some lovely people from Project Flock. Wondering how to pay your donation to 3CR Radiothon? It's easy. You can pay online at 3cr.org.au or call us any weekday with your credit card details on 0394198377. You can also come into the station at 21 Smith Street Fitzroy during office hours and pay by cash or card. 
or simply post your check or money order to P.O. Box 1277 Collingwood 3066. And be sure to tell us which program you'd like your donation to go to. 3CR Radiothon 2023. Stay tuned. Stay radical. Listening to Yarrabawaska User Group Radio and Community Radio 3CR, Fun with Phones. And on the line today, Tim from Project Flock. Hey, Chris, how are you? Good, sorry about all that. We just had a little bit too much of a musical interlude for uh, too much for a Monday morning. Now, Project Flock. Hey, Chris, Flock. I'm here too. Yeah, Marie's also here. So, give us a little rundown on Project Flock. Yeah, so um, basically, Project Flock is a, is a business Marie and I have been working on for the last. Well, it's been nearly four years now. It used to be a university project, but essentially we're trying to develop a a product. It's a bike light, and the big focus with the bike light that we have called the Flock Light is it doesn't just have a light that shines back like other bike lights do, but it's a unique sort of, you know, 
point of difference is it has lights that shine down onto your legs. And uh, most importantly, we're trying to do that because we want people to be seen sooner, but most importantly, to be seen as a human while they ride out on the road. Right, and there was some interesting stuff that uh, it's about biomotion with Project Flock, with the, with the actual light itself. That's right, yeah. So I suppose when it was a university project, I, I did lots of literature review and, you know, having a look at a lot of uh, research and came across some great stuff around biomotion. And essentially it just means that our brains happen to prioritise sort of human movement uh, you know, above a lot of other things, like, you know, for example, just the regular flashing light, our brain will actually see human motion um, or any time human motion is highlighted, it will see that a little bit sooner, which is great news for us. Yeah, Marie, do you want to come in here and just talk about what, I mean, it's kind of like be seen as human. Do you want to talk a bit to that? Yeah, yeah, sure. So uh, one of the big things we're really focusing on with the Flocklight and with future products as well is we want to take a really sort of human-centric approach to road safety. The actual name Project Flock works on the uh, sort of basis that road safety, particularly for vulnerable road users, we're really trying to approach that in a collaborative way and create products and systems that don't just help cyclists and other vulnerable road users, but they help the people around them to keep them safe as well. So, like, you, you're kind of centering here in a completely different way because uh, I've just been noticing some of the uh, campaigns that over the weekend of immerse yourself in fluoro sort of <laughs> material to be seen by another road user who's actually not really seeing you as a human. They're seeing you as a a lit-up or reflective object. And Project Flock, I think, centres it completely differently with what you're trying to do. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, fluoro is still very helpful. We definitely encourage that. However, yeah, the approach that we're taking is that, you know, people in cars, people people using the roads, there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of distractions. We're trying to create things that just make it easier for them to recognise a cyclist on the road. And so, like, you've done testing with models that you've you've uh, designed and uh, produced so far? Yeah, um, we've had, uh, I think, probably 20 different people that have sort of tested some flock lights over the last year and a bit. And, uh, you know, there's the, a lot of feedback's been really great about it. And I think the biggest, the biggest, most resounding piece of feedback is people really like the idea that they know their lights on and working. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I think everybody that listens to this program, uh, quite a few people are into using, you know, uh, cycling as a transport and can relate to that feeling of coming home and, and realising that, you know, your bike lights run out of battery. So it's really nice to know that your, your bike lights working because you can see it shining down onto your legs and onto the ground around you. And I'd like to add a little bit to what Marie said there. You know, we, we're all about making sure that, you know, we're a, uh, a sort of a, a cyclist or a people who ride company first. And it's it's not just about trying to make a bike like this as bright as possible that is blinding other people a lot of the time. We're, we're about sort of highlighting legs and, and, and highlighting that people need a bit of room on the road too. Yeah, and it's just, as you're saying, about not just the biometric part of it, but the, the way that the, the, the light uh, functions is... A lot of lights are set up for people who ride in a particular way in particular types of clothing. And over the years, you know, 
I've done this several times. I've like I've worn a long coat, or I've had a lot of things on the bike that I'm carrying, and a conventional bike light that sits on your seat post or on the pannier rack or whatever, sometimes even on your helmet, sometimes doesn't quite cut it. Yeah, yeah, I I agree, and I think there's. You know, by shining light down on the legs and down onto the road around the user, it's just, it's, I suppose, just trying to look at, you know, visibility aids or whatever you'd like to call them, bike lights. It's just trying to look at, at them in a very different way instead of just pointing light back to everybody around you in a very specific way. We're trying to bounce it around the bike. We're trying to bounce it around in different ways. And, um, yeah, try to, try to flip that, that sort of bicycle lighting model a little bit on its head. Yeah, because I've seen, you're probably aware of these too, of like the frame lights that shine down. So you have this actually got a very large object moving on the on the road. Are you kind of looking at sort of the envelope of, of the cyclist and the, and the bike as well? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like I, that's some research we, we did come across um, at, at university where there's that safety envelope theory where every all different road users will, will kind of tend to see particular vehicles or particular people in vehicles uh, and, and how much uh, road space they need on the road in different ways depending on what vehicle they're in. So we're trying to sort of, I think, hack that a little bit by shining some more light down onto the ground at night time and make the, uh, you know, the bicycle and the user on that bicycle just appear like uh, a bit bigger. You know, they need a bit more room on the road essentially. And basically, also with the bio motion function, mm. is like it's it's leveraging that rather than just relying on, like you say, blazing lights or your lumen output, which is, yeah, it seems to be a bit of a bit of a weapons thing out there at the moment. Of you know, you're riding at night, and it's just kind of like who's got the brightest bike lights. And sometimes yeah. I don't think that really uh, comes out well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, if you're sitting behind somebody with you know, uh, a really bright tail light that kind of compromises your ability to see and navigate your way through the dark as well. So, yeah. I think one of the things, yeah, one of the things we're trying to do is keep that visibility, um, but do it in a way that is a little bit more collaborative with the other cyclists around you. Yeah, the times you've been blinded. Like there was a whole thing, and again, you probably found this with working through this project. Lights to be seen, but lights. And also um, to be other people, but lights to see your environment. And I've always tilted my lights slightly down so I can actually see the road environment or the path of environment which I'm riding over. Mm-hmm. And think invariably because it's turned into a bit of an arms race because of you know things we discuss on this show where we're seen as a road user which has got to grab someone else's attention because infrastructure is not up to par yet. I think where, where you're heading with this is a completely different, and tell you your research and your learnings from this, of seeing people and not objects. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. It, there's, you know, we, we, you, you battle with all the different uh, things that need to be done to make you know roads a more sort of equitable and safer place on this program. You know, week after week, Chris. But it's mm-hmm. like we're really interested in. in and sort of, yeah, what can be done right now? Um, not to yes. take away any of the work that other people are doing to, to, to make things, you know, safer and more accessible. But, yeah, we're, we're just trying to have our little place in the ecology of, of just trying to have some sort of marginal gain there in, in making sure that the people who ride are seen as humans, um, for sure. 
So, Marine Tim, uh, what in closing would you like to say about Project Flock and where you're heading to in the near future? Yeah, um, I think in closing we'd like to say that uh, you know we we have eight or eight or nine hundred people that are supporting us on the journey so far. You know, in terms of customers that have uh, you know signed up and and, and pre-ordered their flock loan. <clears throat> and if people are interested to to learn a little bit more about it, you can just you know type into Google Project Flock or go to projectflock.cc. But um, yeah, we we are looking to deliver the first flock lights to um, our customers and anyone else who, who wants to jump on board. Um, it was going to be later this year. However, unfortunately, we have had to um, push out that timeline. So we're hoping it's going to be sometime early next year, but we haven't finalised what that timeline's looking like just yet. But you're looking at going into production and it looks like this is going to be going forward. Uh, yeah, for we'll, sure. We'll, we'll, we'll see this out in the road. Excellent. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks, yeah. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, mate. Thanks, babe. We're not meant to have anything nuclear in our country. It's really important and urgent that, that Australia get serious about nuclear disarmament. Well, nobody anywhere on the planet has figured out how to deal with highly radioactive waste. Most of those who've managed nuclear weapons consider this to be the most dangerous time that we've ever lived in, with the danger of nuclear war at unprecedented levels. 3CR. Stay tuned, stay radical. 3CR Radiothon. Show your support during June 2023. Yeah, and thank you to the lovely people from Project Flock for making time and also being incredibly patient. Sometimes things happen and we just have to work around them. So back to Radiothon. Okay, we've got, we've almost raised about... uh, 80% of our $1,300 target for this show. So thank you so much for everyone who's subscribed or donated. It's deeply appreciated. And even if you don't uh, subscribe to Yarrabas, we use this group radio, any donation helps over, well, I'm just looking at the grid, of activism and transport, well, us as transport, environmental, social, you name it, and community languages, current affairs, music, and community news. Okay, so I have to go off and take a break. It's been a hell of a Monday morning. And up next, we should have Sheepop followed by Black Block. Laughing at your jokes like an actress. So funny. Pouring up my heart on your mattress. Like, honey, yeah, I say I'll give you all I got. But then again, I leave after breakfast. Full tummy Tying up my laces Kiss your pretty face And not be on my way Put it on my shades And give you another wave Bye-bye, it's getting late Do I look too cool? Do I look too cool? On my bicycle On my bicycle, yeah I'm sorry I Yarrabug would like to thank our sponsor, Vacro's Second Chance Cycles, for their financial support. Second Chance Cycles is a fantastic community workshop that recycles bikes, trains people in bike mechanics, and sells bikes to the local community. 
If you have a healthcare card, they'll give you a bike free of charge. To find out more, search for Vacro online or drop into the underground car park, Harmsworth Street, Collingwood, any Tuesday or Thursday. Throughout the month of June, we'll be asking you, the listener, to support radical, community-owned media during our Radiothon. We'll be taking donations online, over the phone and in the station to help keep 3CR going for another year. Fierce, independent community media is vital and we need your support to keep radical voices and issues on the airwaves. To donate, go to 3cr.org.au. Call the station on 03 or drop in at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy, during business hours. 3CR, stay tuned, stay radical. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.